Good evening and welcome to Mac at Night. I'm your host, Danny Mac, president of the Extreme Wrestling Corporation. Tonight's episode is an introduction to what this podcast will be about moving forward. Uh, I'll give you a little rundown about who I am, a little bit about the EWC, and uh, yeah, we'll kind of go from there. Uh, With every podcast, I'm going to start it off with a drink, and tonight our drink of choice is a liqueur from Italy called Di Sarronno. It's got like a amaretto taste. It's actually really, really good. Let's pop that open. Put some ice. I'm an ice guy. I like... I like this. All right. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. All right, so where do we begin? Now, a lot of you that know me know I'm a pretty easygoing person. I don't like to talk about things in public I kind of like to you know not address major things unless I really need to I'm not a big you know woe is me or a person who feels the need to defend themselves and so that's going to be a little a little different with this podcast Uh, this podcast is going to be me answering some questions clearing the air on some things but like I said tonight's an introduction so extreme wrestling corporation started in March of 1997. I got my start into e-fetting about mid-1995. I was in high school and uh, some friends of mine that were in my media studies class, um, they were doing this e-wrestling thing uh, during lunch one day. And so... I decided to to give it a try, and I uh, I really enjoyed it. Back then, um, we didn't have pick bases like you, you didn't pick you know the Rock or whatever to be a pick base. It was uh, it was our own picture. If you used one, it was our own picture, and I definitely don't miss those days. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, I enjoyed the writing. It was good. The place I started at. Um, I had fun at, at the start. I was doing really well. Um, won my first few matches, and then um, I had a match against the the champion of, of this particular EFED. Well, back then it was HCW. Um, I've never really hid that. So it was HCW, and uh, and I had a match with the champion, and I, I took him to a draw, which entitled me to a, to a title shot. And so I had the I had my title shot. It was a big deal. I was super excited. Uh, my friends were pretty stoked because I was the first one out of out of the group to to get a title shot. Um, and I lost, and I was fine with the loss until I was told by one of the person that uh, did the voting that the reason why I lost was because the the character uh, was you know related to the owner and. And that's why I lost. And that the votes would have had me winning, but they had the uh, they had the champ retain. And it left a really bitter taste in my mouth. I, I really didn't like that. Um, it really bothered me. So I branched out and I found myself, you know, in all these different 
eFeds. Um, I was in an MSN one, an AIM one, a Yahoo one. Um, There's a few other places uh, that I joined. Um, email was really difficult. I, d I didn't like that too much because I didn't get to see what my opponent was writing. Um, so I didn't really like that too much. You kind of had to have faith in the, in the voting at that time. And uh, given my experience with HCW, I didn't really have that much faith. And so I noticed that the more I was talking to people and the more eFeds I was trying out, it was it was this constant problem that it was, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend that was winning and it was, you know, friends giving friends titles and it was family and, and things like that. And it just seemed, you know, like it's really unfair. And anybody that's finding this hobby for the first time, like this is really unfair. And, you know, I, I'm I'm really young back then. I mean, I'm, I'm like, what, 15, 14, 15 years old. So I'm really young at that point. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to make my own eFed. This can't be that hard. So I go on angelfire.com slash MB, because I'm a Canadian boy, I'm from Manitoba. So it was angelfire slash MB, and I think it was slash EWC. And so it's funny, because before I had, not too many people know this, but before I had the name of EWC, I knew, I knew what my show would be. It would be Monday Night Brawl. That was the first thing I thought of was I want this show Monday Night Brawl. I think it's a cool-sounding show. That's what I want to do. And then I got the name EWC uh, from the stable that my friends were in in HCW. And, of course, they, they like, shunned me because I shed the light on the corruptness of this Fed, and they were like, you know, we brought you into this hobby. We can take you out. I was like, all right, cool, guys. So they're... they're uh, stable name was Extreme Wrestlers United. And so I made an EFED Extreme Wrestling Corporation. So it was kind of a take on their name, whatever. Sue me. Um, so EWC was born um, in 1997. Started with our first show, Monday Night Brawl. And, you know, I think, I think we started off somewhere between 8 and 10 people, you know, joined right away. And we had our first show, and then all of a sudden, you know, a few more people join, and then we have another show, and a few more people join. And before I knew it, uh, we had like 30 people on the roster, and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, this is going really well. And, you know, our reputation started to, to pick up now. Word of mouth was starting to talk, and uh, it wasn't long after that uh, everybody left HCW. They they went belly up. They They closed their doors. They shut it down. And uh, people were coming over to the EWC, and, and that's when we started doing some affiliations. Um, you know, back then, affiliations were, they were huge, but there wasn't really a criteria. It's just like, oh, you have an EFED? Yeah, me too. You do? Yeah, great. Oh, you as well? Okay, let's just all throw our logos everywhere. And so if you look up um, some Wayback Machine uh, EWC stuff, you'll find like, 30, 40, 50 affiliate logos all over our, <laughs> our site, all over Angel Fire. And um, that's just what we did, you know, people sharing roster members. And there was a lot of cross-promotion back then because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't so much of a competition. It was just all these people that really liked the e-fedding, and we made our own e-feds, and everybody's joining every, everybody else's e-fed. And, you know, it was, it was a different time back then. You know, I wouldn't say it was better. I wouldn't say it was better. It was just different. And uh, the types of role plays that 
went down back then are nothing compared to the writing now. I think the writing now is f- far superior than the writing that uh, that we had back in, you know, 95, 96, 97, and even in EWC the first few years. I mean, our, our writing, it was basically straight shoot. And, I mean, word limits, what the heck is a word limit? Nobody had word limits back then. If people tell you there was a word limit back then, they're probably lying. Um, because there is no word limits back then. There was no need for them. But we also wrote, like, three role plays a match. And, you know, in the early EWC, we had we had three weekly shows. Three weekly shows. Every week, three of them. And people were booked on all of them, like, all the time. And you role played, like, three times for all of them. So can you imagine that, writing nine role plays a week? But back then, it wasn't character development wasn't a huge part of our role plays back then. It was all straight shoot. It was, you know, you standing in front of a camera. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to win. You know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, character development really, really wasn't big in the beginning. You would give little bits of like, this is where I came from and this is who I am. But I mean, most of that information went into your bio. And so the role play in itself was just, you know. Yo, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take you out using these guns. Welcome to the gun show. You know, I'd be talking like that really ridiculously. But it was fun. I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. I loved writing it. And then as the years went on, I mean, it it changed. It evolved. You know, I I was writing stories about my character, and I was borrowing a lot from my personal life, and you know, things I I went through. You know, as a child, that you know were were really terrible things and I started to to include that in into the story of Mac. And so ultimately for those of you who get to know the character of President Mac, I mean it's me. It's who I am. It's it's exactly who I am. Uh he's just taller and he's bald and he's stupidly rich. Um but take away those three things, make him short, give him a whole bunch of hair and uh and poor and and you got me um but i mean we have the same values it it's funny because uh, <laughs> there's been so many people over the years that have tried to have mac turn heel and um jaden who is the handler of of explode one of you know the greatest role players of <laughs> efed history um he tried so hard to bring me to the dark side i mean he he writes a heel so very well and he wanted Mac to be a heel so badly. And I tried it, and I just, I can't. Like, in, in real life, I can't be a bad guy. I just, I can't. You know, there's just something that stops me from being a total jerk. And seeing Mac, like, portrayed as a bad guy, like, I just, I couldn't do it. And so I think it lasted, like, two episodes. And then it was like, yeah, okay, Mac's back to normal now. Um so yeah, I can't I can't write heel as Mac, but I can write heel as uh, Victor Price. Uh, that character is a lot of fun to write for. If, for those who don't know, Victor Price is this heel character I came up with to be a in character vice president of the WC, just to give me something to do. And that, I mean, I have fun writing as a heel, but I just can't write Mac as a heel. So I mean. 1997 we get our start and uh, it's no secret that the EWC has had to shut down a few times so that's all very well documented and I mean there's haters out there and trolls out there that try and make it seem like you know we haven't existed for as long as we have and like 
There's all the proof in the world. I mean, use the internet, do a little research. I can't make up the proof that exists. So from 1997 to 2010, we were active. 2011, we had nothing. 2012, we had nothing. Came back for a short stint in 2013. and 2014, we were gone. Uh, and then we've been active since 2015, uh, currently still running. Um, so we started in 97. We're still going in 2020. So basically, uh, 2020s are 23rd year in existence, but it's only our 21st season in 2020. So all the people that say that I claim that we've been around nonstop for 23 years, um, they're just full of themselves because uh, I've never said that. Go back, read the tweets read all my messages, listen to my radio or podcast stuff, whatever. I've always said the same thing. We're in our 23rd year, but it's only our 21st season. That's how it works. Do the math. We were active from 97 to 2010, 2013, and then 2015 to current. Proof is all there for you. As far as uh, how the EWC goes, so... The backstory of the EWC is that um, Danny Mac was this young entrepreneur who had these dreams of developing this wrestling promotion that would mix, you know, the theatrics of uh, the WWF back then with a real life professional wrestler, a combat fighter. So, like in the early night or mid to late nineties. UFC was starting to be really big and at that time you know you could only see UFC on pay-per-view it'd be like UFC 1 and then UFC 2 and they were like super awesome like you had Hoist Gracie and, and stuff like that and it was <clears throat> Ken Shamrock and it was it was really really exciting and so I thought you know in character I want to mix these two worlds of, of WWF and combat fighting where it's like you have the theatrics you got the storylines but the finishes are real the outcome is real and so you bring in like the Vegas betting odds and everything. So all the fighting, everything that takes place, the EWC is real, but there's theatrics to it. There's push storylines, there's planned storylines, there's all that kind of stuff. But whatever happens in the ring, uh, whoever wins, it's, they won that match fair. That's, that's how they did it. They won it. It wasn't like, okay, you need to take this pin. No, no, no. Whoever wins the match, they win the match. That's how it is. Um, any injuries, blood, all that kind of stuff, it's all real. Everything that happens is real. The only thing that's fake is maybe the storyline, stuff like that. We have it pushed, all that kind of stuff. So that was the whole idea that Mac wanted to create this this mixture of the two. And so he goes to Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon was like, yeah, you guys aren't competition. This is ridiculous. You guys are going to fall off the face of the earth pretty fast. So the story is Vince McMahon of the WWF then, now WWE, uh, lent Mac money to to build this thing this this federation and so you know it took off and uh, they put this guy Max Power uh, Powers in place and he was the CEO and and basically the reason for that was um, I, I still wanted to compete in the early days I wanted to be able to role play I wanted to be able to wrestle um, so I brought in some staff that I that would do everything um, like who would do all the Back then, it was it was uh, it was voting on who would win and stuff like that, and then that way I could still just compete and, and you know have fun in, in the game. And I was in uh, four or five e feds at that time too, so that's how it started. And you know, eventually I I took over the WC full time and stopped role playing altogether. And um, 
I think I participated in a couple of um, uh, tournaments. Uh, Hurricane Jeff, um, who you know used to be in our in our EFED, we actually met because he used to hold this this tournament, and I I got to be in this tournament a couple of times, and I and I won it, and it was a lot of fun. And then he joined the EWC. He actually ran. Money Night Brawl for us, and then he started his own Fed APW uh, within the EWC, and then it it became its own thing, and and uh, they were a very successful EFED, and so it's something we've done a few times where an EFED will start off in EWC, um, APW, and SWA are probably the two uh, biggest ones, most well known ones. So, anyways, uh, we just continued to grow since then. Um, you know, we've kept we've kept things going. We started off with Monday Night Brawl, and then uh, Friday Night Rampage. You know, became popular, and then uh, we ventured out into FSW, Feature Stars of Wrestling, which was like our little development EFED, uh, our show. And then and then we uh, there was this demand online on Twitter all the time for um, micro feds. And I didn't really understand what a micro EFED was, but all I knew is the ones that existed at the time weren't done very well, and they were opening and closing and opening and closing. And so I basically reached out to a handful of people that were talking about it, and I said, look, if I if I brought a micro brand into the EWC, is that something you would join? And and then, boom, EWC Prime was born, and it's you know this micro brand within the EFED. And, uh, you know, we've just continued to grow and expand and, and now next year, uh, Future Stars of Wrestling is is changing its name to to Paramount. You know the pinnacle of, of wrestling. Um, so EWC Paramount is is going to be the new name for FSW, which is super exciting. And then we're going to have the three brands. You know Brawl, Rampage, Paramount. Um, those are the three major brands. And then Prime is our is our indie wrestling circuit. And uh, it's nice because each brand has its own flavor. It, you know, you can see the the personalities of the general managers really come into play in, in each of the brands. And it's you know, looking at what I created back in 1997 and looking at what it is now, I mean, it's it's hard not to be proud. Like I'm just I'm just super super proud. I mean, how many people can say that they've ran a business for that many years 23 years you know 23 years EWC has been around for 23 years it's crazy to think about it you know I'm 39 now I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 40 you guys I'm gonna be 40 in February I'm gonna be 40 and I'm still in this hobby and I couldn't be more stoked about it I have I don't want to leave I have no intention of leaving it's you know, we're bringing new things, new exciting things. The EWC is constantly growing. We're getting new people all the time. And, you know, we've, we've got legends that come in and visit and chat. And it's just, you know, I, I talk about this this family atmosphere. And it's always people outside the EWC that look at that. They're like, oh, yeah, here comes this family thing. Like, it's ridiculous. And <laughs> once you join, I, you see exactly that that's what we are. You know, there's there's no there's no real competition as far as I'm better than you. I mean, we we compete. Yes, like obviously we have super talented writers, and they compete. And the goal is to is to win and win championships, and you know get to the Hall of Fame and, and all that kind of stuff. So there's yes, we compete in that sense. But everybody helps everybody. Everybody's willing, bending over backwards, offering feedback, writing matches, scoring. 
uh, role plays. Like everybody's just willing to help. And I mean, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And I hear about these other e-feds that, you know, they have this corruption of, you know, their friends are winning and they're giving titles to people they like and, uh, or they try to recruit you. You know how many times people from EWC get, try to get recruited and they, and the, these e-feds promise and say, you know what, if you come over to such and such e-fed, we'll give you a title shot. We'll put you in a title match. We'll get you in the main event right away. I mean, if I was a member of that e-fed, like, come on. You should have to earn it. And that's kind of been our thing in the EWC. There's a, a saying that I, I've always had, and it's, it's called setting the standard, that we've been setting the standard since 1997. And that's because the EWC was born out of wanting to be different, you know, wanting to be fair, wanting to be a place where there is no bias where you're not going to lose because you said something goofy out of character or you're a dingus on Twitter. That has nothing to do with your role play. You are judged on your writing, and that is it. And, you know, I, I'm pretty confident to say that the EWC was definitely, if not the first, the second, but definitely the first EFED to have a scorecard. Um, EFEDs back then, they didn't have scorecards. They didn't even have a criteria. You could go from one EFED to the next, and basically it was, yeah, I liked it. No, I didn't. And that was it. You won the match because two guys liked it. You lost the match because three guys didn't. And he was like, okay, so how do I improve? Write better. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Cheers. So when I made the EWC, like I, there had to be criteria. So it's like, okay, here's the criteria. You're gonna, you're, you know, you have to mention this. You have to mention that. You got to bring up this, this, that, whatever. You know, grow your character in a meaningful way. Talk about the match. Talk about your opponent. Talk about what the match means to you. Talk about how you're gonna beat your opponent. Like we, we created criteria, and it's it's evolved, and it's you know it's gotten better and better I think as as the years have gone on sorry I'm sure not nice now and I think the point that we have it at now is pretty darn good we we've revamped revamped it a couple of times the last few years and I think the scorecards in a really good place right now and I think it's just important to to be clear on what it will take for you to win and if you follow the criteria you give yourself a pretty good shot, pretty good odds to possibly winning your match and winning championships and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, that brings us, you know, to now. And again, we're constantly growing and constantly evolving. And, and, um, you know, for me as, as a fed head, I look back and, you know, um, I appreciate the help of my general managers. We have four general managers, um, who have all been with us for some time now. Um, and they are loyal. Uh, they are dedicated. They are hardworking people. Uh, we've got three guys and a girl and an EFED. <laughs> and they, uh, they're doing fantastic. And I'm super proud of them. I'm super grateful to them. And like I look back to the first handful of years and thinking about how much I had to do on my own and 
how I went through long stretches where I didn't have people to help me with shows. And, you know, we've, we've had some great staff back in the day. Um, some really great staff. We had kid cactus, uh, was our first vice president. Um, Michael Saint, you know, Jaden was a, was a VP for a little bit. You know, Tony ran brawl for a little bit. Uh, we've had some really, really good, very creative people, um, with these brands. And now, you know, I, I look at what's being done with, with Alex on brawl and, um, with, with D on Rampage and Chris on FSW and M on Prime. I mean, like I was saying, you can see their personalities in the shows and in the brands and their own little flavor. And, you know, the way I I presented the brands to them is it's almost like uh, franchises. So it's like we have the EWC and then we have these branches all over the place. And basically you, you keep it uniform so that when people tune into Brawl or they tune into Rampage or they tune into FSW or Prime, they're sitting there going, oh, okay, this is an EWC show. I know that this is EWC. I can tell it's EWC. That's what I want. But after that, the flavor is theirs. How they decide to, to do it, how, how they put it together, what happens in the show. Like it, I want them to feel like it's their own little EFED. And I, I couldn't be prouder. Um, we have our hiccups here and there. Who doesn't? You know, who doesn't? Come on. You know, and when our shows are late, I'm doing quotation signs. When our shows are late, uh, those are early for, <laughs> for some e-feds. Uh, you only have to go on Twitter for a couple minutes and see that uh, when people say their show is going to be late, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, the show that was supposed to go up uh, seven days ago, yeah, it's not going to be up for another three weeks, you know? Like, that's... Come on. So, I mean, it's... Our, our GMs are pretty good that if, you know, if things come up and a show is going to be late, they're pretty good at, you know, letting letting the roster know, like, hey, you know, I was hoping to get a show up at X, and X, uh, X time, and unfortunately, it's not going to make it. It'll probably be around this time instead, and you know, the shows are, if they're late, they're usually only by a couple of hours or whatever. Um, my thing is, you know, it'd be nice if the show is on the day that it's supposed to be. So if it's Monday Night Brawl, it should be on Monday. It shouldn't be on Tuesday or Wednesday, right? And that's kind of my thing. And, you know, I'm with that with all the shows. You know, the day of the week is part of the show title. So... If you can have it on that day, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> and so the way we do things is we have a backstage area where the staff build the shows on the forums. And what's nice is all the all the GMs and myself, we can all see what's going on, how it's being built. And, you know, if for some reason, um, say D, for some reason, uh, knows ahead of time, you know, you know what, guys, I'm not going to be able to get the show up on, on Friday. Can you guys help us out? Um, or, yeah, can you guys help me out? we can pitch in because we can see everything. It's like, oh, okay, he's got the shell already built, so all I need to do is copy-paste this written match in there. I just got to, you know, put in who's supposed to win in here, and then we can post the show for him. You know, like, I mean, we haven't had to do that, um, but it's there. The ability's there. And uh, then, of course, the pay-per-views, we um, we work on them together. And so the way our pay-per-views are is each brand um, has their own exclusive pay-per-view, and then, uh, and then we have the quad pay-per-views, which features all four brands. And then we have our big four. And uh, I personally uh, run the big four. 
um, with obviously we work we all work together um, but that's the the big four is the ones that I, I run and put together and, and put the updates and do all that kind of stuff um, and then the rest of the pay-per-views I, I leave it to the GMs to to do it and of course I help out and I, and uh, as much as, as I can and as, and as much as they want me to and need me to um, I always try and help out so but yeah I love working on the big four so our big four is uh, Stranglemania uh, Night of Champions EWC Rumble and WrestleFest and you know the two that everybody outside of the EWC is really familiar with is Stranglemania that's our baby um, that's that's our that's our our big big show um, and then WrestleFest is our other really big show that is now really starting to compete with Stranglemania as, as our flagship pay-per-view um, because we've turned it into a, a four-day event um, so it's it's pretty exciting you know when WrestleFest comes around now, it's it's a big undertaking, but it's we had a lot of fun doing it last year with the multiple days, and we're going to do multiple days again this year. So, yeah, so that's about the EFED. Um, that's EWC, and uh, we cater to you know all walks of life, all different avenues, and um, whether you're brand new to the hobby, which we have a few people who are brand new to e-fetting period um right now ewc is their first e-fed ever so we've got a couple of those guys we've got people that have been doing this game for decades and um and then everybody else in between so it doesn't matter if you are heavy into um, character development or you're heavy into uh, a straight shoot um we have a spot for you and um, no matter what you your talent level is at the time you join uh, we will do whatever we can to help you become a stronger writer so that if the day comes you leave EWC for another EFED or, or straight up retire, um, you're confident that your time in EWC made you a better writer. And um, I take pride in that. You know, the, the big thing about me as a person is I'm a very passionate person. I'm a very genuine person. Um, I don't put on a fake personality. I don't act one way with one person, another way with somebody else. Uh, what you see is what you get with me and I try to be nice I try to I try to always be optimistic and I try to look at the good and, and look for the good I don't hold grudges um, it, it's just life's too short to hold a grudge and I think that you know people deserve a second third fourth chance a lot of the time and I like I like to give those chances to people and you know so to people that claim to be my enemy or claim to have problems with me um it's one-sided <laughs> no matter what they say it's one-sided because you'll never see or hear me talk bad about anybody um i won't put it in print and i definitely won't say it out loud um although that could change with this podcast that's kind of the whole point <laughs> but no i i don't talk bad about other people and i just you know i'm a water under the bridge forgive and forget type person and you know but i also have my limits i'm not a walking mat and you know if you burn that bridge too many times um you know i'm gonna have to respectfully say you, you can't be part of our efed anymore i'll still talk to you but you can't be part of our efed anymore i gotta protect our family and uh speaking of so i'm married uh, i got married uh, eight years ago, May 5th, and we have two children. I have a son who will be five in November, 
and I have a daughter who just turned two a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I love, I love being a dad. It's uh, <laughs> changed my life for the positive, and uh, yeah, it's. If you're a father, if you're a parent, you know. And if you're not, and you ever want to be, you won't regret it. I'm telling you, it's the greatest. It's the greatest feeling. Greatest feeling being a parent. Um, and yeah, I love being married. I love being a dad. And I'm a graphic designer by trade. I do graphic design, web design. I sell advertising. Um, I run my own company. Work from home. And uh, you know, trying to survive COVID like everybody else, taking it one day at a time. And um, I love sports. I'm a big NFL football guy, even though I'm Canadian and I should like the CFL. I just find the NFL to be a far superior product. But then once you know who my team is, is <laughs> the Miami Dolphins, which I was born into. That's my excuse. But I love the Miami Dolphins. I'm very passionate about the Dolphins. And uh, it's a it's a big part of our life here at home. Um, all four of us have Dolphins jerseys, and my kids, you know, love Sundays for football. Um, we do touchdown dances together. Like we, it's a big deal. Football's a big deal in our house. We love it. We have fun with it. And uh, big hockey fan too. Obviously, being Canadian, uh, Winnipeg Jets and Pittsburgh Penguin fan. And for people who are gonna be like, well, you can't like two teams, man. Well, here's the story. I grew up a Winnipeg Jets fan. The Jets left, and I wasn't going to cheer for no Phoenix team. So I bounced around. I followed my favorite players. Like, I was a big Gretzky fan. I followed Gretzky, you know, to L.A. and to St. Louis and to New York, you know, and then I was a Lindros fan and liked Philly for a little bit. And then basically I decided I, I had followed uh, Sidney Crosby um, and seen him you know, in the juniors and stuff. And I figured, okay, whoever drafts Sidney Crosby, that's going to be my team. And I'm going to stick to that team. And thankfully it was not the Montreal Canadians because I would not, Oh my goodness. I did not want to be a Montreal fan. And so Pittsburgh drafted him and that became my team. And then now the jets came back. So it's, you know, the jets and the penguins each own half of my heart. Once Crosby retires or if he gets traded somewhere, then, the Jets will be my team full-time. So those are my two teams. And then uh, for basketball, Raptors and Lakers. Uh, Lakers were always my team, and then the Raptors uh, joined, and, and I became a Raptors fan and loved Vince Carter. Um, so those those were kind of my teams. Um, outside of that, yeah, there's not a whole lot else. Uh, I drive a Pilot, Honda Pilot. It's a, it's a 2020 Honda Pilot, really nice vehicle. It's great for... Uh, camping which we do a lot of uh, we love camping we're a big camping family um, my wife's family owns uh, 300 acres out in Riding Mountain um, which is by Clear Lake so if you were to google it uh, google Clear Lake Riding Mountain it's a beautiful beautiful area and so they their land is um, about half an hour outside of it's what's called Nipawa. Um, which is actually technically where my wife was born. Uh, so she was born in Ipoa, which is about a three-hour drive from where I live. And so we love, we go camping out there, and we go quadding and dirt biking and stuff, and it's a lot of fun. And then we drive up to Clear Lake, which is about 25 minutes away from where their their land is. And, you know, we like to spend time in Clear Lake. And unfortunately, this year we didn't get to go to Clear Lake because of COVID. 
Um, so that that was unfortunate. I uh, didn't get to do much of anything this year because of COVID. We had planned, we were supposed to go to Disney World again this year. Would have been our final year for, for a little bit because uh, my daughter would have been free to fly one more time. So unfortunately, we, we couldn't make that trip. So hopefully, you know, in a couple of years, we'll see if we can go back. But that's a little about me. Uh, it's a little about the EWC. And again, this Mac at Night podcast, it's going to be shorter episodes. Uh, this one is longer than I intended it to be. Um, but basically, what I want Mac at Night to be is answering a question per episode, maybe addressing something that I don't normally address, um, rumors or something that a troll online said or, or whatever, just to clear the air. I, I, I'm kind of at that point in my life where it's like, you know what? If you're gonna make something up, I mean, if it's good enough, I'll, I'll address it. I'll clear the air. I'll talk about it. I'm not gonna put it in writing. I'm not gonna get into some Twitter war. You know, I just mute and move on, and uh, I try not to engage or get involved in any of that kind of stuff because what does it matter? It doesn't matter. This is a hobby at the end of the day, and you should be having fun. You shouldn't be worrying about gossip and drama and what other people think and say. And one of the best pieces of advice um, that actually Jaden, the guy, the the handler of Explode, the best piece of advice that he ever gave me was don't worry about people that are outside the EWC. Worry about those who are in the EWC. And honestly, that was probably the best advice I've ever gotten in this hobby. Because a lot of times you, you think about what other people say about you and and it bothers you obviously right but what does it matter they're not part of the efed they're not part of your little group your community what does it matter what they say and think focus on the people that are with you that are on your side that care about you that are having fun that are in this ewc they're in this family you know worry about those people those are the ones that matter not everybody else that's outside the ewc saying oh blah 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 because i'll tell you something and this is a fact the majority of people who have something bad to say about me or the EWC have one never interacted with me ever and two have never been a member of the EWC ever that's the majority of people who have something to say now there's a sliver of a group that have interacted with me but have never been a member and then there's an even smaller sliver of a group who are former members that are disgruntled, but then most of them come back anyways. And so it's like, you had this beef, you ran this tangent, you said all these things about us, but then you come back. So clearly something's off there. Something isn't true about what you were saying. And so, like I said, I just, I care about the people that are in the EFED and everybody else outside. Well, you know what? If you wanna hate me, you wanna hate the EFED, Go for it. Have at it. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. Say what you got to say. Don't expect to get a rise out of me because chances are I've muted you, blocked you, or just straight up ignoring you. And that's really the best advice I can give to anybody else who finds themselves under attack. Just ignore it because all they want is to get a reaction out of you. And once they get a reaction out of you, they've won. And chances are it's, you know, five people who run 20 different accounts 
and they're just agreeing and talking to themselves and it's sad so as we reach the 40 minute mark i'm gonna wrap it up here and uh say thank you to those who decided to listen to this introduction to mac at night uh hope that you enjoyed it hope you learned something about the ewc i hope you learned something about me and uh hope you had a drink so to set up the next episode my topic is going to be championships and how many is too many does the ewc have too many championships (laughs) i'm gonna talk about it on the next episode all right everybody thank you for listening and remember Every day is a chance to get better. Good night.